Welcome to Kev and Kev Talking Sports. I'm Kev. And I'm Kev. Super Bowl Kev. That's that's it. I guess we're both Super Bowl Kevs now. Yes, we are. This is this is the big week. Man, I, I am excited. We have ahead of us the, the biggest two weeks in the history of Kevin Kev talking sports. <laughs> in our long and illustrious history, we, we are planning three episodes over these two weeks. I mean, it's a it's a Super Bowl week and we've got to bring in some extra special episodes. Yeah. Um, so for this episode, we're really kind of mostly looking backwards at the, the games that were from this weekend and how did Cincinnati and the Rams get here. And then uh, our next two episodes, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, we, we are going to bring in our first ever special guests. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Kevin, Kev, I am really excited about that. So uh, keep on tuning in. We're, we're going to build a lot of momentum towards the big game. We're going to have some fun um, talking about different prop bets and all kinds of things. we got a lot of cool trivia questions. So uh, you guys who've been listening to us, keep on hanging in there. We're, we're going to have a great week or 10 days here with a few extra episodes coming we're at gonna, you. We're going to grow this show. That's for sure. That, that's it. Keep it going. 2022 is the year of Kevin Kev. Yes, sir. All right. Well, listen, first and foremost, how'd we do last week? What, uh, what are you looking at? Well, unfortunately, the pick of the week was uh, the, the the Chiefs, and uh, not only did they not cover seven and a half, but as the entire world knows now, they didn't even win the game and make it to the Super Bowl, which is very sad in my opinion. But it's starting to grow on me that the Bengals are fun to root for. So I was sure. pretty. Up- are you sad <laughs> that the Chiefs didn't make it? Well, mostly because we picked them, and my, you know, it was twenty-one to three. Like, or you know, <laughs> what, I mean, the game was over. What's happening? Yeah, my analysis. Our analysis was spot on. Everything was perfect. And then it went yeah, all your, the... your analysis was spot on for a half. Oh, uh, well, not even yeah. a half. I'll say up until yeah. two plays before the half. Two plays before. Yeah. Yeah. And then so they threw right. it all in the dumpster and just went for broke for why? Just what's yes. up? what are you doing? Well, you know, we have joked a little bit over the duration of this podcast that my new favorite team is the Bengals and my new favorite player is Joe Burrow. But in all sincerity, I started rooting for the Bengals, <laughs> you no. know, coming down the stretch in that game. I mean, I, of course, I wanted our pick to, to be right, but I'm really well, not sad to see the Chiefs not back in the Super Bowl. And we'll talk a little bit more about things like that here in a, a little bit. But but what uh, what happened? You know, what takeaways do we bring from mm. from what we witnessed? Well, from my end, I think I'm now vindicated for my uh, anti Andy Reid rant a couple weeks ago. I mean, what's he doing? They had they had all the momentum, put points on the board, bury your opponent, you know, go into halftime with a bigger lead, show them who the man is, and then they just let him stop him. Anybody who's listening has seen the game and knows that they threw a little flat out to the to Tyreek Hill on the two yard line. So you're in the field of play, and the clock has only got five seconds. Why are you calling plays like that? Even, but of course, Andy Reid himself admitted that that was a bad call. But I mean, what else are you going to say? Yeah. It's a, it's well, a, I think, in essence, you had to apologize to Andy Reid a week early. <laughs> I mean, if if we had had another week to reflect, I do think your original thoughts 
were proven to be very valid. Well, it's funny. All of my head coaching predictions regarding those two games were all backwards. So, you know, I, that's true. I mean, what's, uh, Taylor, what's his name? I forgot the Cincinnati. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah. I didn't even know his name three weeks ago. I still can't remember it, but. Well, that's your apology of the week, Kev, for God's sakes, you keep getting things wrong with these coaches. (laughs) Well, I think we're working through it, right? I mean, we're trying to figure all this stuff out. And yeah, by the be... time there's one team left, we'll have this all figured out. <laughs> yeah, well, well, don't tell everybody our secret formula. Chiefs, obviously, that one didn't work out. Rams 49ers, you know, we were split on our opinions. And I think the it was kind of interesting. Um, we're going to break things down more thoroughly here in just a second. But you wound up on the right side of the point spread. By oh, I, yeah, I take no credit. But, yeah. but I think in terms of the analysis and predictions, you know, the I don't know. We both had some whiffs on that one. That was a it, well. It should have been a push, right? I mean, it just I got lucky to cover, but certainly I predicted a blowout, and it didn't happen that way. Although it was inching in that direction, and if Mr. Tart had just caught that interception, yeah, uh, well, frustrating. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of walk back through some of that um, because I yeah. know we, even in hindsight, we disagree a little bit on just the way that game played out, but. But big picture, I mean, what what are we learning here? We've been doing this now for almost two months. Um, you know, our, <laughs> our record with predictions in the playoffs is still seven and four, which is very respectable. Yeah. Um, although the last couple of weeks have not really gone our way. But is this supposed to be hard picking these games? I mean, yeah. I this is going to be easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought if we sat here and talked it through a bunch and we, you know, used our combined decades of experience of picking football games we would do a little better but that's the nfl i don't know who i don't know who's picking all these games right because there's they're all field goals at at the buzzer kind of thing so yeah well no i was going to say the same thing i mean all these games seem to be so close and so it's like you can be spot on in thinking about how the game is going to play out and analyzing things and then still lose you know on a last second field goal or in overtime you know who we should have on as a guest who's that there's this guy who bet twenty (laughs) dollars and he picked the exact score of both games and he won six hundred thousand dollars it's a true it's a true story and i love the fact that he got it so that's awesome we should have him on i yeah we should can you track him down i'll try I mean, we'll really, I, I, I wish I was that guy, to be honest with you. I mean, to heck yeah. with having him on. I just want to be that guy. But He picked both scores. Imagine him seeing Jimmy G flailing around, throwing that almost pick six. Oh, head. my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, That's I was rooting hard for that pick six, but that would have that would have messed him up for sure. Dude, $20. Well, maybe he'll come on and, and share some, some wisdom. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's – you don't want to say that it's all just luck because there's more to it than that, but it does seem like a lot of these games turn on just literally unpredictable things. You know, there's no way to anticipate the kind of stuff that, that swings these games one way or the other. We're going to do a little bit more breaking down the, um, the games themselves here in just a minute, but I think we're going to start with a little trivia. Does that sound good? Oh yeah, let's do it. I've got I've got some stuff for you here. So okay, so I actually have it, it's uh, 
What was the line in uh, in Back to School? I, I only have one question in 27 parts. Um, so I, there, there's actually three questions here that are all in the same vein. So, you know, among the big news stories of the week uh, was Tom Brady retiring. Okay. I know you have been wiping away the tears for several days now. <laughs> your your favorite guy has finally stepped aside. Um, well, I don't even believe he's really retiring, but okay. We we are going to be singing his praises along with the rest of the world. You leading the pack. Number one fan. Um, right. So I, I felt it's only appropriate to ask you several questions about your all-time favorite guy, Tom Brady. Greatest player ever. So, okay. so here we go. So what, what we're going to do here, I mean, we just have to put some of this in context, right? So I have three different questions. Okay. First one, Tom Brady has 243 career wins as a starting NFL quarterback. That's a lot. How many other quarterbacks have won even half that many? Okay. I don't expect you necessarily to get exactly the right number, but let's just see if, if you're in the ballpark and we can in talk the ballpark. about it. Right. Okay. I'm not guessing now though. No, no. Um, second <laughs> part or second question tom brady is number one all time with 624 career passing touchdowns yeah how many other quarterbacks have thrown even half that many oh boy this is there's a theme here there's a theme all right nobody nobody's half as good as tom brady that's the okay go ahead that's the essence of it or in a literal sense he is twice as good as anybody else who ever played and I'm, div- yes, I'm sensing that theme. Okay. Keep All right. Going. So the third, third part of the question or a third question, Tom Brady started in 10 Super Bowls. Mm. How many quarterbacks have started even half that many? All right. That one I should be able to get. Okay. Yeah. I, I, listen, I think you're going to be okay at this, but you know, so we've got career wins, career passing touchdowns and Super Bowls started. How many guys have done even half? of what Brady did in those various categories. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll revisit that here in a few minutes. Okay. Um, but so yeah, let's, let's talk about the first of the, the games from this past week, Kansas city, Cincinnati. What, uh, what were your thoughts on that one? Well, I was all in for Cincinnati. I mean, first for Kansas city, even though I'm not really a Andy Reid fan and I really don't like seeing the same team in the Super Bowl all the time, but, you know, I, I respect how good they are on offense. And Mahomes is a, just a wonder to watch. But, you know, guys like him, he's kind of Favre-esque, right? I mean, he will just throw the ball into places that he knows better than. He doesn't seem to be able to control those impulses. So that little screen pass, I mean, he was trying to throw that into in between three defenders. And I think he just thought his way past the first guy and threw it right into him. So mm-hmm. that, that was a terrible play. That was a huge momentum changer. And then the, the one in overtime, I don't know if you saw this stat, but it happened to be that the guy intercepted the ball 13 seconds into overtime. So right, 13 seconds comes back to haunt the Chiefs. Yeah. So in your view, is this more Kansas City blew it or Cincinnati won it? Because <sighs> you're kind of I, talking about both things. Yeah, I think Kansas City blew it, obviously, for, okay, I'll, I'll name the, the reasons. They didn't kick the field goal at the end of the first half. Mahomes was careless with the ball. And then the last the last drive of the, of the game, of regulation, Kansas City got the ball with six minutes left in the game, right? And they ran 
the entire clock out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they, they got all the way down to the five yard line at the two minute warning or right, right after whatever it was. Yeah. That is championship football right there. That's how you win Super Bowls. Well, I mean, it could have been, I mean, they were clearly, clearly, and I was arguing this in real time with a friend, clearly they had no intention. Okay. Here's what their priority list, priority list, a run the clock. Don't leave Joe Burrow with any time. Priority list B, yeah, don't run a play that causes the clock to stop, right? And then C, maybe if you can get a touchdown, maybe try for a touchdown. Let me tell you something. They never threw the ball into the end zone the entire, entire series. That, to me, is cowardly, conservative play calling. They deserve to lose. Yeah, I, you know, I think we, we disagree on elements of this. I mean, I, I see the big picture there and, and certainly, you know, not scoring right before half. I, I think that was the, mm -hmm. the biggest turning point of the game, not just in a scoreboard kind of sense, but it really shifted the momentum of the game. And you could tell that Cincinnati was really lifted up, you know, by having stopped Kansas City there. And then Kansas City was kind of deflated, even though they, they still had – a two score lead going into halftime. But, you know, that last drive, I mean, we kind of disagreed a little bit. If you remember back to the Tennessee um, Cincinnati game a few weeks ago, and you were, you were making a similar argument that Tennessee was really just trying to run out the clock and not even yeah. score Yeah, right. when they got the ball with about three minutes left and they, it was tied at that point, right? Like, but if they get a field goal, they win the game. Yeah, I they, think Kansas city's intention was to try to get a touchdown, but yes, they're not going to really do it until they get the clock run down. Right. So you, you're absolutely right. I mean, the idea is let's run the clock down as far as we can, but once they're on the five yard line, I mean, what happened on those next two play, I mean, he got sacked twice in a row, Mahomes. Well, they, they, they ran it on first down, which was good. That's mm -hmm. what they should have yes. done. I yeah. don't, I, I think they probably should have run it again on second down. Yeah, maybe right? so. Because Cincinnati. But then you would have, but then you would have come back and said they weren't really trying to score a touchdown either because they were just running it out. I mean, I think Mahomes well, probably had targets heading into the end zone that he was going to look for, but he just either couldn't do it or didn't do it effectively. You know, he kind of went into that scramble mode when he likes to spin around backwards, which takes his eyes away from downfield mm -hmm. and in this case, you know, he kept sort of running into Cincinnati. The Cincinnati um, defensive line really played a big role late in that game and, and overtime because Mahomes kept kind of spinning around and, and there was always somebody there. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would agree well, they did not execute well, but I mean, they had to be trying to, well, to I, get a touchdown. And this is where Andy Reid deserves your sort of wrath again <laughs> this week. Because that was more just a scheme and a game plan rather than executing one play where we can sort of debate what they were trying to do or not do. Yeah, I mean, you have a big lead. Your running game was doing great in the first half. Just keep running the ball, you know, and, I, and, and yeah. they didn't do it. Well, well, I mean, they did kind of. They just didn't do it as much as they should have. You know, they, they did it on that last drive. Yeah, right. You know, but, but they did I think too. they had some nine yard chunks just about on every drive of the second half, but they would punt because they would go for yeah. ridiculous deep throws and it just, you know, it wasn't there. Yeah. Let's talk about the Bengals then. What did they do to, to get this done? 
Well, I mean, Burrow deserves credit for a couple of things. I mean, especially his um, escapability out of the pocket. I mean, he was dead probably on three different third downs where he was going to get sacked and mm-hmm. he just ducked out of things and used his legs to get a first down. I mean, it was, that was very impressive stuff. I don't think anybody put him on that level of, of uh, scrambling level ability. So, you know, those, yeah, he, those... he kind of turned into Josh Allen in a few key moments. I mean, he really looked like that and um, you're right. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of just miraculous kind of escapes when he was under pressure. He is cool, man. I mean, he, he keeps he his is. calm and he thinks things through in real time and mm-hmm. super fast time. Like he's, he's, he's on at top of what the defense is doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I called him the matrix a couple of weeks ago, hmm. you know, kind of joking, but he really does seem to be processing just everything that's going on out there in real time, which has to be unbelievably difficult. I'm starting to come around to your point of view on him. So yeah, well, that's yeah. been my intention all these weeks. <laughs> Pumping him out. But, but there's also, there's something sort of magical there, right? I mean, he has that, that it quality. I've compared him to Joe Montana mm-hmm. a number of times, which is the one that, you know, really, I think suits him when I, you know, people are comparing him to Tom Brady, but Montana was the the cool character, the guy who was funny in the huddle and, you know, guys just sort of rose around him and, but it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, you know, and, and that's what makes picking these games that involve Cincinnati so difficult because, and, and we're going to be breaking down, you know, the matchup with the Rams in great detail over the rest of this week. It's another one where, you know, a lot of what you see on paper would seem to favor the Rams and yet you can't dismiss Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You just know they have a, they have a chance and yeah, could well, very well pull it out again. We'll you know? see. We'll see in the Super Bowl. He's got his chance to be Montana now. So yeah, we'll see. So final thought on this game before we keep moving yeah. on. Um, you know, there there was and has been a lot of talk about Mahomes as potentially the next Brady. Mm. You know, I mentioned all these numbers that are just so far out of reach of anybody else. But if there's any of these young guys in the league that might approach him someday. I heard a lot of people saying it could be Mahomes. So do you, does this sort of derail that, you know, does it throw him off the pace to keep up with Brady's just record of winning and and making it to Super Bowls? You know, here we are Mahomes. I mean, he's had a great start to his career, but still sitting there with one Super Bowl ring at this stage in his career, he's, he's either two or three behind where Brady was. And, how long do the chiefs have to keep this going? You know, you got to figure at some point this team, they're going to have to kind of retool. It happens to everybody, right? I mean, it happened to the Patriots way back, you know, early in Brady's career, they had to kind of start over yeah. uh, four or five years in. So what, where's Mahomes kind of big picture in your view? Well, I mean, he's got the one ring, right? Mm-hmm. But he's five years into his career now. Yeah. Brady already had three. Right. Right. So he's way behind pace now. And yeah. the NFL's it's only tougher now because of the parody and the free agency and, you know, all that on the salary cap and all that stuff. I think, you know, we could go on a whole podcast on Tom Brady and I guess we'll talk about him later, but. Oh, this yeah. is the Tom Brady podcast, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, yeah. It's coming up. I know. 
But I mean, just a sneak peek. My view on Brady is that he's the beneficiary of great defenses and great coaching. So not that he's a bad quarterback, just that those things helped him in a, in a era of parody. Those things helped him stand out and keep Mm -hmm. getting into places where he could make, you know, game saving, you know, last minute drives and all that. He's obviously the best at that, but in order to get to those places, like, you know, you need some help from your teammates. So I don't know if Mahomes is going to have that anymore because, you know, where does Tyreek Hill go and, and uh, you know, contracts for a lot of those guys on defense that they got. So. Yeah. And, and teams like the bills and the Bengals, you know, have obviously closed the gap pretty quickly and it's the Bengals in the Super Bowl, not the chiefs, you know, there's Um, so many, and there's so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, we've been awash in um, Tom Brady stats, but also Mahomes. So, you know, one of the things that I saw come across the wire at, at some point is since the start of Patrick Mahomes career, he has made two Super Bowl appearances and won one. Sounds like Russell Wilson to me. Okay. And Tom Brady in the same stretch made two Super Bowl appearances and won two. So it's like you talk about Mahomes, like he's going to catch Brady, but he has fallen further behind Brady, even in the span of his own career, you know? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to catch Brady. That's, I mean, even Joe Burrow, we can say that, oh, he's great right now, but I mean, come on now, the Bengals really the kind of franchise that are built for long-term success. I, you know, it just doesn't seem likely. Absolutely not. But, but we'll see, you know, I'm sure people had the same thoughts about Brady and others along the way that that they were never going to. Him, I but... still say that about Brady. Yeah. Well, I guess on that <laughs> note, let's, let's shift gears to the trivia right. question. Okay. Right. So the oh, three part trivia, I mean, there's a lot of kind of fun stuff we can, we can yeah. dig up in these numbers. And so obviously, again, the point isn't necessarily to get exactly the right answer, but maybe you will. I mean, let's see. Yeah. So 243 career wins for Tom Brady. How many other Quarterbacks have won even half that many. You got a, a number to just throw out there? I'm going to say four. Mm, it's a little more than that, actually. But who, okay. do you have names in mind? Who's, uh... Sure, I got uh, – I'm going to go with Peyton. Yeah. And uh, Breeze. Yep. Favre. Okay. So, yeah, those are the next three on the list. Favre and, and Manning are tied. Okay. Um, before we get into more detail than that, how many quarterbacks are within 50 wins of Brady's 243? Oh, so somebody has to be at 193? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody is. Maybe. Zero. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, Zero. I was thinking these guys are in the 150 range, maybe. but Yeah, Favre and, and Manning are actually tied at 186. Oh, okay. So they're That's sort of close. Drew Brees is right there with 172. The active leaders, any any guess, any thoughts? Active leaders. Big Ben's retired now, right? So he doesn't count. Big, yeah, Big Ben is retired. I guess Russ Wilson, maybe? How many would he have? 10 averaging? He probably has close to 100, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have the full list in front of me, but I do think he was over 100. So Aaron hmm. Rodgers has 139. Oh, yeah, I thought I said him. I was going to say him after Favre, but yeah. And okay. then Matt Ryan has 120. Oh, okay. So, you know, Rogers, it kind of give him, I don't know how many more years you want to think he's going to play, but he could get another 40 or 50, you yeah, know, he could get he up there with, with Manning. Yeah. You know? 
in in that league anyway. So who is not on this list that has half as many as Tom Brady? Johnny Unitas mm. had 118. Joe Montana had 117. Terry Bradshaw had 107. You got Hall of Famers who literally don't have half as many wins. Yeah, well, Tom Brady. Um, they used to play 14 game seasons too. So sure. So career passing touchdowns, 624. How many QBs have thrown even half that many? I, I would guess more than, well, what was the answer to the first one? He didn't say what the answer was. Oh, it was nine. It was nine. There's nine, nine. quarterbacks who have thrown okay. at least whatever it is, 122. Oh. Yeah. I was, okay. So what did I guess? Four? Oh, that's more than I thought. All right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say more than four, but probably not as many as nine. So I'll, I'll go six. Okay. It's actually 11. Oh, more. Okay. So yeah, 11 guys with more than what? 312 passing touchdowns. So, and, and before we look at some of those, how many quarterbacks are within 50 of Tom Brady's 624 career touchdowns? I forget where Manning and them ended up. Manning had the record, but Brady passed it last year. 50? Did he get 50? Manning's probably the only one who's close. Well, you, you remember Drew Brees and Oh, Brady that's right. That's right. Brees. Were, were tied there for a while. Like, they were literally going back and forth week to week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Brees retired a year ago. So, well, do you, is he so, so Brees, well, 50? obviously, then Brees is, Brees is within 50, yes. He is not within 50. He's the closest. He's 53 behind. So, in just one wow. year, Brady smoked him so drew Brees has 571 peyton manning 539 brett Favre 508 those are the three guys that are above 500 but you know some of the guys who are not halfway to tom brady's career touchdowns john elway at 300 johnny unitas 290 joe montana 273 dan fouts 254 jim kelly 237 terry bradshaw 212 terry terry's a third of the way yeah. I'll, I'll take I'll take all those guys over Tom Brady though, so I'll be oh, I'll be fine. In in what <laughs> ping pong? They'll, in, they'll still in, lose <laughs> in real football from 1970s and 80s. I'll take all those guys. Oh, over Tom oh Brady. gosh, Brady wouldn't even last a game. This is old Kev coming out again. All right, so let, look, let's <laughs> let's talk about one more of these, and then we'll jump back in. Tom Brady started in 10 Super Bowls. How many quarterbacks have started even half that many? You know, my initial thought was, oh, who did, who could have done five? Oh, I guess Elway. Elway did five. Elway, yes. Yeah, Elway did five. So then, how many others have even half as many as Tom Brady? I, I, I don't think anybody but Elway. That's it. So Elway yeah. is halfway. So yeah. if he could just squeak in five more Super Bowls, he'll get there. Well, anybody who knows me knows I love John Elway. So I know. Hey, listen, I love John Elway too. Yeah. Maybe even more than Tom Brady. Wow. Um, All right. I didn't know so, we had that in common. Okay. So there are five other guys who had four Super Bowl appearances, right? Terry Bradshaw, four and oh, Joe Montana, four and oh, Roger Staubach, two and two, Peyton, two and two. And then you mentioned Jim Kelly, 0 and 4. All right, listen. Well, why don't you ask your question for me? We'll see what what. Uh, All right. All right. What you My question about. is a little more straightforward. Uh, although I loved your question, it was great. But I'm going to focus on your man, Joe Burrow. Okay. And you know where he went to school? LSU. 
And so I wanted to focus on LSU quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. How many do you think have there been, either backups or starters in the Super Bowl? And name one. So there's at least one. <laughs> do you know who it is? Well, I should, I'll, I'll answer after we go over the next game, right? Yes. But yeah, so, um, so game two, the 49ers and the Rams. Mm. You want to throw out some thoughts on that one as well? or? Well, I mean, that's the one I really staked my reputation on, so I need to apologize to – oh, wait, we didn't actually endorse that as a betting moment, did we? Not officially, no. We, not, not our opinion was, was split. Yeah, that's right. We split it. And I, and I don't think either one of us really came out smelling too well on that one. I was rooting – my heart was with the 49ers, right? I mean, I, I – I misapplied um, my coaching logic. I thought I called McVeigh the choker. I called McVeigh the one who couldn't win the big games, which I think there's a good track record there. But I, I'm, I'm sensing an apology for the week. Oh, wait, <laughs> if I get, if I have to do an apology every week, do I get to do a, a, a Kev rant every week? I think there is pretty much a Kev rant every week. No, that just happens naturally. Which, yeah. which usually leads to the apology. The next <laughs> You're just helping me work out my emotions with NFL yes. games. Yeah, so that's all this is. It's a therapy session. Okay. So, well, the, so, the McVeigh apology is an interesting one because you got, you covered the spread, mm-hmm. but your team lost. So, so do mm. you really have to apologize to McVeigh because... That's funny because I was listening to other prognosticators all week after we made our podcast because we made it early in the week. But as the game approached, everybody seemed to be saying that the the Rams would win by one or two points. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how do you predict that kind of thing? That just seems silly. I guess they did. That's exactly what happened. I mean, they won by three and they cut. So the Niners covered, Rams won. Everybody seemed to be on that. It seemed like the obvious thing after the fact. Yeah, but you know, seventeen seven, and I'm thinking, ah. and then Stafford throws that ball up. You know, he threw a punt basically, and the guy, the guy yeah. couldn't catch it. I was, I mean, well, so compare that to the play where I'm ranting about Kansas City not kicking the field goal. <clears throat> it was just as much of a momentum turner, but yeah. this was not by design. Nobody intentionally did something wrong. The coaches didn't say don't catch the you know interception. He just dropped it and, you know, the Rams fed off that mistake and they, they took advantage. So good for them. That's, that's just football. Mm-hmm. I don't have any ill will towards the guy. Although, you know, I, I feel like the 49ers would have turned around and scored a touchdown and put the game out of reach at that point. But I don't know. You made another point about that game. The Rams dropped a bunch of balls in the first half and maybe some interceptions from Jimmy G and, you know, it could have been a blowout just as easily. So yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, to me, this was about kind of missed opportunities for the Rams, especially in the first half, and they could have just buried the 49ers. Yeah, um, and run away with. And it's so weird to look back because you don't want to look back on a game and say, "Well, what if they did this and what if they did that and what if they did this?" But you can look at just like four or five plays from the first half. You know, there's one drive where the Rams dropped two balls. Mm-hmm. One of them was Cooper cup, just running wide open in the open field. Yeah. And then a couple of plays later, I don't know who the player was, but dropped the, it was a tough catch in the end zone, but it hit him in the hands. Skoranek or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
they could or should have had a touchdown on that drive. Instead, they try a really long field goal, miss it. 49ers get the ball, you know, close to midfield, go down and kick a field goal. So it's like a a 10 point swing on that drive. And there's other, you know, the blown challenges, which is just another, you don't want to, you want to knock McVay. I mean, that was kind of, he doesn't challenge much, but when he does, he's wrong. <laughs> um, Jalen <laughs> Ramsey dropped an interception late in the game that, you know, was right in his hand. Might've been a pick six for, for all we know. I mean, they mm-hmm. could have been ahead 20 to seven at halftime or 24, seven. And instead they're down 10, seven. Yep. So, but the flip side of that is you credit the 49ers. I mean, this is a team that has kind of, befuddled me you know for the last 10 weeks you know every time I look at them I kind of wonder how do they keep doing this but as we've noted they you know wait you you said credit the 49ers or do you mean the Rams well credit the 49ers you know for at that point in the game you know they were hanging in there they had the lead for much of the game you know they did what they do their defense made some huge plays their offense which you know, the more I watch them kind of in the playoffs and late in the year, they're not just some clunky team. I mean, they have some really talented, skilled players. Yeah. Um, Debo. Debo, your favorite guy. Yeah. And Gar- mm-hmm. I'm not a Garoppolo hater. I think when they're on and when they're playing well, you know, he, he gets, he distributes the ball. When that game was coming down to crunch time, you know, the, the, the Rams, Big money talent guys kind of took over, especially on defense. The defensive line was just steamrolling. And Jimmy G was put into a position where he is not comfortable and he doesn't thrive. You know, you saw what happened. I mean, they just crumbled on the last two drives and then he had the interception at the end. Yeah, as soon as the Rams took the lead, you knew it was over. So Rams defense, kudos to shutting down the running game. Cause that was, mm-hmm. to me, that's the key to the 49ers offense and every game yes. they played, they figured out a way to keep, keep the running stats going. But this time the Rams said, no, no, sir. Yeah. 20 rushes. Yeah, you're you're right. And the 49ers had run all over the Rams in the, in the last two games they played. And then I think they had like 50 yards or something in this one. So what, one more, just quick reflection on the 49ers kind of in the aftermath of this, you know, they had a really good run, Mm -hmm. uh and a really good season again it kept kind of surprising me you know they get to the playoff well first of all they beat the rams at the end of the year to make the playoffs then they beat the cowboys who a lot of people thought were a super bowl team they beat the number one seed the packers at lambeau and then they almost won this one so what what do you make of this team you know heading into the offseason and looking ahead to next year are they a team sort of on the brink of greatness or is this thing about to kind of get blown up and well I think the way that works is that Shanahan is a really good coach and talent evaluator and roster protector or roster builder I guess and I don't know who the GM is that's is that Lynch out there um yes I think they've I think they've got a good thing going question for them is he, you know, and for any team, you got to have the quarterback. Jimmy G wasn't quite it, right? But maybe Trey Lance is. I mean, they've got their next, you know, got piece to plug into the, to the puzzle. And if if he turns into half, well, if he turns into the star they think he is, you know, drafted him third overall. I mean, they could be in the playoffs and and the Super Bowl conversation for years to come, especially because the NFC is pretty weak. Yeah, it's time to get back to trivia. Yeah. 
and I've got to answer your LSU quarterbacks in. You got, you got any thoughts? I'll give you a hint. There was there was one LSU quarterback who started a Super Bowl, and yeah. there was another one who was a backup. The backup one time in a regular season game actually played because the starter was out, and he threw for seven touchdown passes in the snow. I don't know if you remember that game. I do remember that game, and I can't remember. Was the Panthers quarterback, was he an LSU guy? I know he was a Louisiana guy. No. Then uh, then I'm, I'm not sure I can get this one right. Uh, Danny White, was he an LSU guy? <laughs> no, I like that guess, though. That was yeah. a good guess. So the backup that I'm talking about, it was in 2011. He was in Super Bowl 45, Matt uh-huh. Flynn. Oh, yeah, Matt Flynn. Matty Flynn. But the real, the real question is, who was the starter? The one LSU starting quarterback in Super Bowl history. And it happened uh, a lot earlier than that. It was Super Bowl 17. Oh, we're going way back. Yeah. Redskins versus Dolphins. Don Strzok. You're getting close. <laughs> Strzok actually played in that game, so that was a good guess. Oh, dang. I don't know how many more hints I can possibly give you. but Yeah, no, let's not do any more hints. Just just spill it. Spill it out. David Woodley was an LSU graduate, and he started oh, in God. Super Bowl 17. So his yeah. stats in Super Bowl 17 were four for 14 for 97 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That Man. was the entire game. Superstar. So who was the Panthers quarterback in that, that one where they played the – the Patriots. Do you remember? Oh, um, you're talking about Jake Delhomme. Delhomme, yeah. So he was he, he wasn't an LSU guy. Southwestern Louisiana. There you go. Boy, I, I feel admit- I feel closer on that one than actually on like on Woodley. <laughs> I was never going to get Woodley. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so let's. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about the Super Bowl and breaking it down in the next couple of episodes. We got some guests coming in to. Yeah, talk to yeah. us about their thoughts but why don't we just talk about some of the news stories of the week and then we'll sign off here in just a minute you want to talk about tom brady first your favorite favorite guy well he i mean is he officially officially retiring this time i don't know i feel like i think well, so I'm, i mean am i gonna say nice things about him yeah of course he's 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 definitely the best okay you don't have to say nice things about him. I would rather you didn't and then apologize next week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm creating my own content as we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the guy was someone to hate on the television for 20 years. So, you know, I'm going to miss him. I don't, I don't, I don't like him. I just, you know, I have a lot of other quarterbacks that I prefer to watch and I think are more exciting and more uh, talented, but he won a bunch of games. But is there something you didn't like about it? I've, I've been kind of trying to figure this out because the more I've read and, you know, listened to things about Brady and just kind of looking around, could he be kind of a jerk to some of his teammates? You know, he pushed them kind of in a Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant way or, you know, some of the greats, Michael Jordan was notoriously kind of mean to his teammates. I mean, he pushed them, but what, what else, what do you look at that leaves a, a bad taste? Well, I mean, I forever associate him and Belichick with the cheating scandal. So, mm-hmm. okay. Right? I mean, the, def- the the deflate gate, he got suspended. I mean, it's not like he wasn't guilty. He was. <laughs> yeah. The league suspended him for doing those things. 
Yeah. But what else was he doing? I don't know. But I mean, I could probably say that about a lot of other guys. It's a it's a league of alpha males that need a way to praised and for their physical prowess, right? And so they'll do anything they can to get the praise. And he just happens to be the one who was at the top of the heap for most of the time. That, that probably sounds very cynical. I'm sorry, but you know, there's a legitimate angle there. We talked in our last episode a little bit about the steroids in baseball and you know how we kind of view that situation. And somebody like Brady. I mean, you could always sort of debate how much of his success was due to some kind of cheating. You know, they're always looking for an edge, right? And it's a fine line between looking for an edge within the bounds of the rules and then crossing the line, right? And the Patriots undoubtedly crossed the line a couple of times. But I do think there's something to admire there because, you know, coming into the league as the 199th pick and a six-round draft pick, you know, he's not one of these just robot rocket arm you know, Mm -hmm. super athletic guys that is, it's impossible that he's going to fail. You know, I think Tom Brady, he comes in, he's a fourth stringer and just basically works himself into the starting lineup. And then, you know, all the success over the years. So um, he's never been my favorite player. And, you know, we, we talked about this kind of off the, off the record a little bit, if there's anybody I should hate, it's Brady because he beat the Steelers yeah. more times. I was looking at this um, the other day. I mean, the Steelers literally could have won three or maybe four more Super Bowls without Tom Brady. They were so good in the early and mid 2000s, which just happened to be when Brady yeah. and the Patriots were peaking. I mean, I had I as a Steelers fan had forgotten how good those those teams were. Absolutely. So right. It's more it's more respect, you know, and kind of appreciate what he was able to accomplish. And I do, I kind of like it when, you know, a guy isn't sort of superhuman. There's so many of these guys that you look at them and it's like, I could never be Josh Allen is just, you know, a physical kind of freak. And of course I could never be Tom Brady either, but there is a sense that he kind of made himself into everything that he became. Well, and that's fair. I'm, I'm interested a, a lot in what he's going to do with his life after football. Yeah. I mean, I don't see him as a guy who's going to be in the booth, right? Yeah. I don't really see him as a booth guy, although I could almost see him doing something like the Manning cast on Monday or joining them Yeah, or, or doing a rival sort of, you know, just because there's so much knowledge there and it's really cool to watch these guys, you know, just sort of break down, games i heard somebody speculating he could become a gm you know i mean he has so much experience kind of yeah negotiating the players who are going to be on the team around him and talking about salaries and all that other stuff but yeah, that's uh, interesting maybe he'll be like john elway yeah well there's a couple other um newsworthy events of the week one of them slightly trivial in nature and the other far from trivial so we'll start with the the lesser um, note, which is that the Washington football team has now re, yeah. re-nicknamed themselves the Commanders. Commanders. Do you have any, uh, you have okay any thoughts? That. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. That's not earth shattering, but they didn't, yeah. they didn't screw it up either. That's a pretty good name. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, my, my thought first and foremost is I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. Washington is a, a sort of throwaway franchise for me, a team I've never had any interest in or rooted for. So I don't care what they 
call themselves. <laughs> I will say it's better than a racist nickname. Yeah. Um, Maybe Rogers thought though, and we we did talk about this a little bit in a podcast a few weeks back. You know, they had a bunch of candidates for possible names, and the, you know, the presidents and the senators. And then I was like, please don't do anything like that. But then they they had like the Red Wolves, you know, and some other kind of animal nicknames. And I would much prefer them to go with an animal. Like you, you can do whatever you want with an animal um, as far as your mascot and your nickname, and nobody's going to care. Like if you want to make it cartoonish, you can make it cartoonish. If you want to make it sort of vicious and intimidating, then do that. Right. My, my thought with commanders, and it will not shock me if this franchise kind of steps in it again, because (laughs) What does a commander look like? When you think about a commander. George Washington. Yeah. Are we talking about a white guy in a uniform with a hat? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. And I, it will not shock. They, they're going to have to be careful about this and think about it when they come up with logos and images and mascots and there guys parading around on the sidelines. And I'm not saying they're going to, do something wrong. Well, but but they're going to have to think about it and they're going to have to be careful. And if they had well, called themselves the Red Wolves, they could have put it to bed and nobody would ever say anything about it. I, well, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they're trolling us. So maybe that's maybe that's what they're doing. They're um, so I, bad. I, I, I doubt that. I mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't consider that angle. So, yeah, we'll see. That's yeah. an interesting point to We'll just flag that point and see what happens in the future. Yeah, we'll, we'll file that one away. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not offended yet. <laughs> but we'll you know, see. You're warming we'll up, see. though. You're yeah, ready. let's see what they do. Okay. Well, listen, on a, on a much more serious and important note, and I'm going to kind of defer to you to get us started oh. on this topic. Yeah. Um, Brian Flores, the uh, former coach of the Dolphins, has is suing the league and a couple of different teams for discriminatory hiring process. Yeah, so this is a pretty big deal, maybe, possibly. Kind of hard to predict how lawsuits like this are going to play out. I mean, to me, it sounds like there's a lot of legitimate gripes. Mm -hmm. And I think to an extent, maybe the NFL thinks that players or coaches in his position are never really going to do anything about it because they just know they're never going to get hired in the NFL again and there's too much money and blah, blah, blah. But I, I respect Flores for doing it. I say that a little guardedly because I'm assuming some of the things he's saying are true. Certainly the Bill Belichick text message is a pretty good indication that he's got a lot of factual documentation to back up his claims. One thing I did in preparing for talking about this today, though, I read the complaint that was filed mm-hmm. or part of, I didn't, I mean, I didn't read the whole thing thinking about every little thing, but I did notice that his attorneys cited Plessy versus Ferguson. Oh, Lord. Which, of course, Plessy stood for the proposition that separate but equal was okay and discrimination, uh, you know, segregation. Segregation was okay, right? Yeah. Right. And so they, his own attorneys cited the wrong case, mm. right? I mean, they, and for the wrong, wrong proposition. So I'm like, okay, who are these? yahoos who he hired to be his attorneys maybe this is not a good thing so Hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna reserve any sort of judgment on what i think is going to happen because this could be just a total disaster 
Yeah, you I, file I, something I, like this against the NFL, you better bring it, right? You sure. better know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, that's a bad first sign. There were a couple of things that really kind of stood out to me just thinking about Flores himself and not so much directly the, the, the case. But one of them is that he's still a candidate for a couple of coaching positions right now. Yeah. And we we talked about this when he was let go that. I, I was really surprised. I think we were both surprised. I thought he had done really well with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins outperformed expectations and both of us had a sense of why would they fire that guy you know I mean there's all kinds of coaches just floundering around who can't seem to know what they're doing he's had two really good seasons and now I think we get a window into Mm -hmm. why they let him go and which leads to to another part that really struck me and that is the allegation that the owner of the Dolphins was bribing him to lose games when he first started that's a very interesting one yeah i'd like to know yeah but i mean you think about how awful that is to put him in that position you know here he is i don't know how old or young he is but you know he's a new starting out black head coach it's obviously a really it's unlikely that he's going to stick for an extended period of time because they rarely do and you're telling him to lose games, which a there's all the, you know, it's just unethical in the competitive, you know, fairness arena, but you're also setting him up so you can fire him. <laughs> you know, if he yeah. loses too many games, you're going to fire him in a year or two. So, you know, that was part of it. And then the other one is again, the fact that he's, he's still a candidate. So we, I was surprised he got let go. I was sort of hoping the saints, would hire him and he's yeah. just done his interview with the saints and so now you come out with this lawsuit and i i have such mixed feelings about it because you know what if he had just waited another week and well, maybe he gets that job he well, must have been so moved by all of these things that happened that he's willing to put that in jeopardy and let that go well, it is interesting. Again, something odd that his attorneys did was they filed it on the first day of Black History Month, which mm-hmm. was yesterday, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like an unnecessary symbolic move where they probably could have strategized a little bit better for his sake, right? Personally, and said, you know, let's just wait and see how. But of course, I think the NFL sort of relies on. You know, if they're doing things like this, they're relying on these guys to just say, well, maybe it's okay. Maybe, uh, maybe I can just take the paycheck and move on with my life. Right. I think there's a lot of that to it. So I, I, you know, again, I, I think Flores is brave for doing this. Hopefully he's got some factual basis for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has some, is it enough? I don't know. Well, and the other element is that, you know, they're trying to make this a class action suit and calling on others to come out and share their stories or join the suit so you know we'll see if this becomes a bigger um, situation than just him but i don't know i was just thinking i mean if i were in the running for a job and had just interviewed for a job you know is that the week that i would start a lawsuit against the league i mean i you know but what i'm wondering is you know would you have 
filed it now or would you just wait and see if you no. get the saints job or the i think the texans is the other job he interviewed for yeah no um, i agree that's a that's a consideration that his team of experts didn't seem to take into account for him if you were the in a position with the saints would you hire him or is has he thrown that out the window i i mean it seems to me like that's out the window mm-hmm I think even he is acknowledging that. I mean, his one of his tweets was, you know, I realize this might blackball me in the league forever, but I got to do what I got to do. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but yeah, I, I, I don't think he even thinks he's in the running. I, I mean, is he still after yesterday? I don't know. Well, that's kind of what I mean. I, you know, he had just interviewed for it, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that I admire him for doing. I mean, as you know, I've been studying black athlete activists for many many years going back decades no you're an expert on this subject yeah well yeah and i mean not not on necessarily directly on this but i understand the kind of sacrifice that he is likely making and so there's a part of me that thinks man am i just cowardly and wimpy to think i probably would have waited another week you know see if i get the job and then i won't go through all this like you say, maybe he just never thought he was actually going to get the job or I don't know. Well, I mean, some people, I mean, it's tough. That's, that's what the powers that be count on, right? They count on obedience mm-hmm. and not making waves. And that's why 98% of us live our lives just, you know, trudging along, doing the best we can. But some people make waves and they make things better for everybody else. Mm-hmm. and maybe he maybe maybe that's what he's doing maybe yeah i don't know well we can we can hope we can hope i mean it clearly there need to be some changes and and then you know if these allegations are true then there's some pretty shocking stuff going on but and not i'm not super surprised but it's shocking <laughs> you know it's, it's funny because we we probably can imagine that it's happening we just don't want to know because we just want our sports yeah. Yeah, Which, you know, that's part of the problem, too. But then again, yeah. if we don't have it, what happens? I don't know. So, well, let's uh, let's yeah. Speaking of what happens, let's see. Let's see what happens here in the next few days. We, we're going to be back on again yeah. soon enough. We've got, uh, as we mentioned, a couple couple more podcasts coming before the Super Bowl. Big things coming. Special guests, interviews, prop bets, trivia. Oh, we're taking it up to another level. Endless. Kev out. Kev out.